Friday lunchtime lectures at the Open Data Institute. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I've probably been working with open data and public services since um, skiving off school in the late 80s. Um, and with a kind of quick break from going to university and teaching robots to play football for about three years, I've basically been working with data ever since. So I kind of call myself certainly the data geek category, not the decision maker category. But I think what I'm really interested in is how you use things like open data and data organisations hold to improve services. And I suppose I'm here to sort of talk about, I'm not here to show technology and shiny tech and so on. You've got people who probably almost certain in this room would be much better than me at that. I think what I'm here to do is tackle one of the myths, which is that open data is about apps and open data is about shiny data visuals. It's not about changing services. It's not about change on the ground and stuff like that. And uh, I'm going to just kill that one right now. Hopefully you can read that or you won't say it for the benefit of the tape. Well, that's that over with. Um, I'm going to really bring in three examples where I think open data is really making a difference in the way that funds, government funds are spent in the country, and worldwide indeed, in the way that data and information is used to engage and improve decision making and conversations, discussion if you like, and then finally improve services, improve outcomes and so on. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of perhaps what's missing, um, and maybe finish up with a challenge for us all. Before we start, um, please do jump in. I kind of talk fast and so on, but do jump in with any questions or I make myself completely incomprehensible. Um, but also, I'd be really interested, where are you from? Are people technical developers? Are people pr um, from government agencies, charities, etc., data users, etc.? So first up, the technical developers. Who works over there and class themselves as technical? Brilliant. Who would be a data researcher or uh, an analyst, if you like? Great, sort of a mixture. A few people, decision makers? Excellent, got a little cluster at the back, great. Anyone else who haven't missed out? How would you cast yourself? Data visualizer. Visualizer, right, excellent. Don't put me in a box, brilliant. Excellent, okay. Um, my sort of personal thing with open data started in uh, working for Oxford University, but in Birmingham Housing Benefit Department, where we were literally pulling piles of paper off walls. And I haven't got an image of, uh, of, of Housing Benefit Department in the 1980s, how you got data and open data out of their systems, which was a nightmare, as you might imagine. Essentially, you had to print it, take the printouts back to the office, and sort them out from there. So, kind of, you know, well, however we were doing that. I have got a picture of me from the 1980s, of course, so, uh, when I had long hair and the rest of it. But essentially, I really think we have come an enormous way. I think we've come a long, long way. And some of the sort of, I suppose, the doubts at the moment, or kind of the, the, the teething pains of the open data movement, if I could call it that, around how uh, uh, and how it influences government, I think are partly that we've forgotten how much better we've got, how hard it was in the past. Okay. So I'm just going to start then by showing three examples. I'm going to kind of whip through them. I think we've got about 40 minutes and we'll sort of end with discussion and stuff like that, but I'm not intended to speak for 40 minutes at all. Um, I love the data spending chart, data sets and charts and visuals that we're getting out. So I think Guardian consistently some ex excellent work around publishing um, data and publishing data visuals and so on. But I'm much more interested in Rather than this spending, this vision of where the money's going, I'm interested in why it's getting there. How do we get there? And sadly, 
rather than a, a pretty set of visuals and easy to use stuff, for that kind of thing we get 100 page reports with very tedious formula. The local government finance report for England pays, cover, covers something like £30 billion a year paid in formula grant to local authorities. That's big money. It's nothing like as big as the £670 billion or so uh, that the, the, the government spends as a total, but it obviously excludes, uh, includes just some of the local authority um, spending. It is based on a rich set of data, some of which is collected from local authorities, some of which is published through things like the census, and we'll come back to that in a minute. And the underlying formula is incredibly dull. And uh, I've been to a few open data talks where people have published JSON formulas, uh, JSON code and things like that, so I make no apologies for this. But there's basically 100 pages of this sort of stuff. Try reading that and working out you know, which, which, which bits could be improved. What we're doing, changing some of these multiplication factors do in terms of spending patterns across London. Local authorities losing tens of millions of pounds. That's the sort of impact. So essentially what you need is open data. You need information that allows, say, researchers, both, let's say, academics and also local authorities themselves, local authority umbrella organisations, to say, okay, what does this, what impact will this have on £30 billion going across to local authorities? So the information that's collected and published out is absolutely critical to making sure that, that, they, that, that, that those funds are going in a decent way, in a good way, to spread across local authorities or local areas across the country. There are lots of other funds as well that get similarly kind of apportioned down, so it's cut out from, from national sources. So things like the big lottery are based on something like the Index of Multiple Declaration, which again is essentially an open data source. It's information that's collected and published out that we can reuse with very direct impacts on where money goes, how much money local authorities and so on have got to spend and stuff. So it's absolutely critical. But what it isn't is it isn't sexy. It's big, but it's not sexy. And this is, I suppose, one of the things, perhaps, in the kind of open data area, we really want to remind ourselves every now and again that there are some very big impacts and very big connections with standard, with public services, with money spend, with evaluation and so on, which really do have a big kind of change in the world, but they don't always give you nice visuals and so on, and they're not always about kind of creating a new a new way of uh, a, a new API for data to be put out. And it's some of the kind of hard work and so on around using the data at the end point. Which kind of brings on to census, I suppose. This is probably, I'd, I'd say, and I'd be interested in people's views, probably the biggest open data source in terms of use that there is terms are most widely used, but then are open to discussion and debate. And maybe if anyone's got any regarding things like the weather and so on, also some very widely used and acted on daily and hour by hour. But this changes the way that government spends money down to local areas. It changes the way that local areas spend money across their patch. How do they focus money on, say, priority neighbourhoods? How do they define or identify those areas? Which groups are doing well, which groups are doing badly? This sort of information, absolutely critical. And the census is kind of one of the main sources of that. There are lots of other ways you could do it. You could have a national ID card. Everything could be collected by government in a big brother sort of way. And it could be then kind of published or reused in some sort of anonymized form. But at the moment, the census is the best we've got. And for example, if you want to think about how schools and so on, how do we know, how, how do we allocate school cash down to the right areas? Things like census, things like then the pupil register of, of school data sets and so on, on top of that, give you that kind of underpinning. 
I think a measure of how important it is is how much is, is, is how much controversy it causes. And this is the sort of outputs that data can produce. So open data is, can absolutely make the headlines. And this is a, a slightly sort of technical thing. Westminster absolutely hopping because their census calculations quote-unquote missed 240,000 people. Very uh, mobile population, difficult to, to count. Hard for census to do its job properly. Um, sort of academic, not really, because it actually directly influences how much money Westminster then have to spend on services. So if we want services to be based on information, evidence of where people live, how many, how, what kind of scale of need for particular services there are, then you're going to bring in, you're going to need things like census and so on. And that's, again, I suppose, really the sorts of work that we look at is how can we build on data sources that are there, the open data sets and so on, how can we improve those by add to that work by looking at um, information held by organisations that might not necessarily be able to be published um, and how can we sort of improve target services and so on better. Another sort of illustration of how, how high impact this is, why would time be interested in, in the Britain census? I mean it's obviously the time world but for example this sort of stuff really matters so I suppose that's the sort of under, underpinning data does have a, make a difference, it does have an enormous impact on the world. And every now and again, I kind of conferences of city camps and so on, people say, oh, open data isn't making a difference, you know, it's still about apps and so on, we need to kind of go beyond this bit. I think there's some really nice examples out there to use when we kind of hear that sort of stuff. Um, I suppose that's, that's the sort of thing I'd want to illustrate. Any kind of questions or anything to jump in straight away? How do you feel the interplay is between the decision makers and the data collectors? So, in terms of a 100-page document that's written by a bunch of civil servants in the room, which is fine and great, that's the paper there. And data collectors are good at harvesting that and finding someone who can sit down and go through a 100-page document and throw it into a library of code or something that you can then use them going forward. How is that coming together? Is, that, is there any crossover there? Is there any, you know, is it worthwhile as, as a open data person pulling down the census and looking at stuff, how do you get it in front of those kind of people to influence change yeah. from the outside? <coughs> and I think that's, we'll come back, come back to that later on, but I think for me the, um, the, the, the critical thing is to get involved in the decisions that are being made. So a lot of the sort of the, the apps or the development, the kind of websites on like some stuff that we've done as well, has not got a clear, this will help me answer this question. And if you're talking to, say, um, local authority looking at targeting particular social care services or so on, or how they're spending money on whichever service they're looking at, they, your decisions are so on underway right at the moment. So actually all of the stuff is around trying to find, get involved as part of that organisation or external contractors, what are the decisions, what are the discussions that they're making right now, how can I influence that, or how could, what data do I hold or know about that can be brought in to, to, to affect that. Um, the other stuff about pulling down census data, I mean, there is raw data available. I guess my, my counterpoint to that is, is that, uh, you know, it, I probably come from the startup side of things, where, where we look for a problem, we try and validate that that problem exists, and then we go and try and solve that and iterate on it in an agile kind of way. And that's all very classical stuff. What mm -hmm. I don't really see happening. Public service side. Oh, sorry. 
Uh, what, what, what we don't, what doesn't seem to appear to be happening is that, you know, is there a scope for decision makers to publish the problems they have in a forum so that mm. you can kind of create a hypothesis and then say, all right, well, the problem is we don't really know this, or I mean, they may not be willing to admit it, but mm. and then how would you, you know, try to turn the problem into I think the great idea, and I've probably been done already, was it, is it Kaggle? What's the, um, the yeah, public problem? Is, is there a Kaggle for public services for high level high level decisions or problems? I think that's a, a brilliant idea. A lot of stuff is hidden within organisations because they want to admit you know, these sort of discussions that are going on. But actually, that sort of thing where you could build, put out, here are the decisions, here's what we're looking at, come and help us do it. Yeah, because one way, one way you, you, you get that is, is the government procurement stuff that's over the moment when you sign up for your emails and they say, give us keywords and we'll tell you when there's tenders out there. But as a small startup, A, the pain of going through that procurement process isn't working. And B, the problems are defined in terms of large-scale, large-scope, multi-year projects. Whereas what we want to do is say, here's a very small, well-defined problem for a particular element. We can go in and solve that in a week or a month or two months. It's going to happen. And, and, and it's just more that kind of Sorry, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, they have something called challenge prizes, which I saw that. That's so Nestor trying to do that. Is it NASA that has hundreds of them, just all sorts of external people just solving problems? You get prize for winning it. The first one to solve it gets the money, yeah. and it's a sort of it's how we um, invented Greenwich Mean Time or something. It was a prize yeah. for somebody to go out and solve. So Nestor's challenge prize centre is trying to do that. So Step back a little bit. So I think one of the things that is, is and I'm sorry, this is sort of off topic in a way, but I, I worry and sense this is a good example, but I think another example, you know, why so many men pregnant because of the health positive episode statistics. Well, it's a different proportion of men mm -hmm. And one of the things that, that concerns me is the, is the distance, not just in, between decision makers and between the data users and the data. So I, I do worry that the level of understanding of secondary analysis and perhaps is more like tertiary analysis than most of the data projects are. Because um, they're very, very distant from the data collection. Um, don't understand the, the level of error that is in the data and uh, over-engineer the solution based on you know, talking about that is pretty good in historical terms be better, but historically, the census over the last 150 years, on, like 1841, the first one, um, has been, you know, has all sorts of errors in it, and whatever. Um, but you know, using that um, in, in, a, yeah, in an academic context, for instance, um, has often been you know, mediated by understanding the data collection process. Whereas when it's thrown out, um, the documentation that occurred that allowed you to follow the, 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 the chain of, of data collection through is, is well, almost non-existent. Yeah. Um, and that's what concerns me, is that the, so you've got two disconnects, one is which is the decision makers with the data uh, analysts, that's the right, and between the data analysts and the data collection. And what I don't see in the open data movement is much engagement with that Aspect of it. Mm. Well, we've got so much data that it comes out of the watch. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got a lot, lot, lot of something, a lot of time that I think, you know, 
personally feel that, that publishing stuff is sort of the sunlight, the best disinfectant, etc. But actually, what it's only when you start using information and actually then say, this is why we're collecting it, this is how it's being used, is then an incentive for, it to, for the quality to improve. So Job Centre Plus, for example, used to collect um, ethnicity uh, data on, on claims, but it wasn't really used for anything, so it was never filled in, it was pretty poor. It was only once it started being used to kind of say, actually, you know, what's the take-up rate for, for particular ethnic groups in terms of benefits and so on, that people start saying, okay, this is really helpful stuff, this can help us kind of improve our services. That, it, that, that, that feedback loop of, of the data, the data collection then gets, it gets involved. But absolutely, yes, there's always been a bit of a disconnect, but publishing stuff can help with that. Um, just to reiterate on that, is aren't we losing view here of raw content as opposed to data, as opposed to information? Three separate, distinctly separate things. Fully appreciate the context. If you don't actually publish what this thing is in context, then there's no starting point. Mm. But equally, in the open arena, where you don't actually have a context of who's coming back with the solutions and answers, how can you validate what actually I think, yeah, I think armchair auditing doesn't work because this, it's too big a thing. You get thrown a whole bunch of stuff and you're not going to use it because you know, there's a million things out there. It's only when you start seeing actually, okay, this, this information, how decisions are being made or what decisions are being pinned on, then I'm interested. Now I want to start looking at that and I want to dig a bit deeper and understand it and so on. So absolutely, yes. And at that point, you start building up from the kind of raw data to content information up to knowledge sort of stuff, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Roll on, roll on, speed up. Um, okay, I wanted to talk about just very quickly some examples of this probably more familiar stuff for, to, to a lot of you around how open data and so on is being fed into decisions, conversations that are going on both kind of out in the world, in the world kind of consumers, public if you like, but also in terms of government organisations and so on. And I'm going to start with something in quite an old school in sort of open data terms, but this is um, a, a, a local information systems. A lot of government agencies run what used to be known as LIS, local information systems, they kind of evolved in terms over the years. But for example, this is Nottingham Insight. It's the sort of thing that I suspect a lot of people in the room could kind of sit down and design and, and look at how you chart, map, data, map, and so on. But it's sort of based around a series of key themes, and it's totally based on published data from government that comes out for datagov.uk, other, other, other organisations at national level, but also information that's held locally. So there are other examples, I think the kind of London data store, people will be well aware of, but there's a lot of other data stores as well. The local information system, I suppose, is more about a kind of chunked up version. There's actually a bit of interpretation on top, and it's aimed at particular user groups, so it's not just raw data. So I suppose in that terms of the kind of stages, it's another, it's, it's, it's a leg up, a step up that ladder. Evaluation of people using those systems basically using the same methodology as, is it worth building a bypass? How much time will it save people commuting? So we've looked at evaluations of, of actual users on those systems, and they come up with something around 140, 200 quid per user per year. That's in kind of using a, a, a way of valuing people's time. It doesn't sound very much, but then you talk about kind of thousands of users for any one of these systems, or even a few hundred, and you're starting to kind of pick up, actually that's a considerable saving in terms of people just, just more time to be using to do other stuff and so on. So there are a few kind of examples of, of I suppose, straight cost benefit back to 
particular local authorities, organisations and so on. Um, that piece of research was done in 2010. I'd love to see an update now because I think the information systems have improved quite a bit since then. I mentioned the GLA. This is a secondary sort of point. We've actually built on information in the London Data Store. You're probably well aware of this, so I'll just kind of flick on. But essentially, it's a summary picture on top of the system, uh, uh, on top of the raw data, open data coming out. Similarly, Police UK. And I think there's something worth putting up here, that this is both a site, which there are lots of sort of now copies of, repeats of, because essentially it's based on open data, but it's also open data collection from across all of the police forces, and that's a significant undertaking. When we've developed the Index Multiple Declaration, which is the Oxford, done by the Oxford University Department my organisation spun out from, we had to collect data from each of those police forces at individual levels, a hell of an undertaking. You know, clean it and so on and sort it all out and then use it for kind of one-off piece. So the index of declaration was kind of one-off and then repeated a couple of times later. But this comes out monthly, it's down to small area and so on. It's really important stuff, really useful stuff. If you're looking at, say, services and so on, in the criminal justice area, you look at things, for example, you started putting in target hardening schemes, making it harder to... Great, you know, alerting householders to how to make their houses harder to get into. You want to look at things like, is that cutting crime, or is it simply pushing it out of that area to nearby areas? This sort of data can help you get a handle on that, so really important stuff again. And so I think it's kind of well worth flagging up as sort of one of the big examples. This is a kind of small one that's just come out recently. This DCP, the DCLG, just sort of does this in his spare time. Again, this is probably the closest to just a straight app, which you know, to pulling out live data from land registry. It's only come out in the last few weeks. Um, but again, this gives you stuff that people like Rightmove and so on are paying significant bucks for at the moment. And you can just go and do it yourself now. So the, the, you know, this is really opening up kind of useful data straight away. So it's kind of well worth a look at how it's been done or just, you know, go, go, go and build your own, roll your own. That's great. Something we've put together at OCSI is um, just a simple app which kind of has local authority data sets on it. There's around 60, it's called Numberhood, there's around 60,000 downloads just on the iPhone. So for us it's a staggering example of how much appetite out there there is for getting data, collecting information, seeing what how local authorities of my area are doing compared to others. Um, and we've kind of built on that, so we're now working around the social housing area, a project called Community Insight and Population Insight. And those population sites are a free tool for housing providers. Essentially Providers holding property, running 1.5 million properties are using this to help target investment into their local areas. And again, this is built entirely on open data, so it's pulling in government data sets on sort of an hourly, daily basis. They don't update that often, so that's not that hard it sounds. Um, mapping it, you know, usual kind of stuff. But essentially, it's a business intelligence tool for, for housing associations. So I think there's some really nice examples now of just using this stuff in a bit more in anger than kind of straight straight sort of apps. And I think some of those some of those ones are straight apps, but some of them actually do show the kind of value. So again, I think inserting that information into organisations and decisions is certainly happening. Any immediate thoughts? I'll kind of jump on. Okay. Finally, um, all of that's great. Spending based on better data. Kind of better ways of getting information into the, into discussions going on. Does it lead to better services? Um, 
Now, I'd love to have loads and loads of evidence here, and I'd love to sort of take you through lots of slides. Here, the golden thread in any project evaluation, through from here's what we've done, right through to here's what changed, and we can prove that what we did made that change. It's phenomenally difficult. It's very difficult for a project, something we ran in a local estate, for example, much harder for something that's say a national program. So Media of Greens is a ten year project involved an enormous amount of money looking at evaluation and so on. It's difficult stuff because you're trying to change things like around unemployment, skills, jobs, environment, blah, 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 lots of stuff. Open data is almost in a way even harder because you're actually saying the information that goes into targets and programs or evaluate or or, or, or um, in some way uh, tailoring programs to the areas. That information, what impact did it have, and so on. So it's really difficult to draw that thread. But what I think you can do is look at organisations that do it well. If an organisation uses data well, and you can see that, then you've got, and they are then a high performing organisation, that's kind of one plot, point on a map or point on a bar, a scatter chart, that's fine. If you build it up over time or you build it up over organisations and so on, so it's more than just a case study, then you start getting a bit of a of, a, of, a, of an answer. Tesco's is a kind of obvious example, probably all very aware of, you know, the use of Crucible and customer insight data was one of the sort of allegedly drivers of Tesco's success. In, a, in local authorities, we have less sexy case studies than that. Sadly, they're written by the, the kind of defunct, is it defunct yet, Audit Commission? Um, but these were a series of pieces that the Audit Commission did looking at how councils do use data and how councils are performing. So essentially, it's, it's one of that kind of things that we've got, okay, we've got a sample of 150 or 350-odd councils, how do they perform, what are they good at? And we can pick out from the Audit Commission that basically, of the three and four star, the highest performing councils, two-thirds of them on assessment used information in a, in a, in a good way, used it well, there's lots of sort of examples and case studies about that. But only a tenth of one and two star councils were sort of lowest before. It's not evidence in the way that I want to build my life on, but it's a, a, a good start. And it tells you basically organisations that use data well are more likely to be better organisations. That's part of that golden thread. So, uh, as I say, I'd love to have tons of examples there. So, if you've got stuff to throw in, do. We'll make, this, we'll make the talk much longer. Okay. So, aren't we there yet? I suppose just wanted to finish off with a kind of couple of points and some challenges and so on. I think we have got some very powerful examples of how using data better and how open data in particular help improve services, target funds more effectively and so on. I think in the public sector that's certainly the case. There's some good examples of it. Um, but we can go a lot, lot, lot further. And I suppose really this sort of builds into a open data users are actually more like researchers. So I love the idea of a data scientist telling stories, but essentially the information that you're working with is fuel, it's real stuff, it's useful, powerful stuff that you can help influence people you're working for as a startup or if you're working in organisations, charities and so on, um, to, to explain what the services they're providing, what things they're doing, how they could be improved. So I think telling stories from your data is kind of one thing, but I think telling it to the sort of top of the shops, telling it to decision makers, it's something that perhaps researchers, data scientists are less good at. We're not necessarily that used to getting in a lift with the chief exec and having a three minute elevator pitch and saying, 
why the information that we've or the report we've just been reading or the much better way of doing the report that we've just been putting together really shows how you could change something. And that's, I think, a kind of challenge to everyone using information data is in the way that probably some of the people in the room are. Um, <coughs> get it speaking the same language. I mean, obviously, a lot around data visualisation and so on, but make sure that actually you're talking about the same things as the people and organisations you're working with. Uh, some nice examples out, out there. They don't necessarily work for everyone, but that's not the point. It needs to work for the service managers or the senior staff or whoever it is that you're talking to. And I'm going to finish with a challenge which probably applies more if you're working in an organisation or working with a staff as a consultant group or external organisation helping him improve the use of information. But the challenge, how is open data influencing your organisation and services? What are you using to make those decisions? And where could you improve it and so on? I think that's something really that kind of drives the work that we do um, and hopefully sort of ties into some of the things that you know, other people in the room are doing. Okay, thanks very much. You've been listening to a Friday lunchtime lecture brought to you by the Open Data Institute.